on TV, online, and on board, Captain. This is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. We have nearly come out the other side of another W-Cube. I, I actually, I'm not going to lie, I thought it was going to be over by now. Yeah, it goes on for the better part of a month. But hey, the poker world is loving it. There's some great stories coming out, so who are we to complain? Yep, those coming up later in the show. Also on today's show, we've got to give away a little bit more than usual. Somebody won an iPad. Yes, they did, and we will tell you who at the end of the show. That's better than a step C ticket. I mean, whatever, it doesn't matter. More suggestions for the new name of the podcast, and we are getting warmer. Really? You you think we're getting warmer? I think we're getting warmer, yes. Okay. (laughs) Uh, We've got W Coop results, as we mentioned, and the W Coop main event preview, which leads me to tease our guest, Felix Schneiders, will be on the show today. Yeah, the team online guy, uh, the man who wants to make pretzels great again, been doing a lot of twitching around WCOOP. We've never had Felix on the podcast. It's about time. He's overdue. I'm glad you know some stuff about Felix because he's always been very supportive of us and our stuff, and I don't really know that much about him, so I'm looking to chatting with him. Also, in addition to WCOOP, we've got some WPOOP results. <laughs> As I've heard, there's a new story from the Poker Stars toilet to wow. be told this week. Word spreads quickly, Joseph Stapleton. Yes, this could be the best one yet. Really? I think it would be worth just recapping some of the old ones, too, just to remind <laughs> people of the, the, the illustrious history of the toilet at the Poker Stars offices. Uh, we're going to have some fun with that War Dogs post from 2 Plus 2 that Jake Cody pointed out. And Superfan versus Stapes. Is Sir Frizzy finally back? Because at this point, I kind of want him to burn us again. I think it'd be really funny. <laughs> I think it'd be hilarious. If he burns us again, it's on you. Because you have to take responsibility for this. You gave him a second chance. So if he lets us down, I will not be angry at him. I will be angry at you. Ah, what else is new? I'm used to you being angry with me. Um, Let's just get right into social media. Uh, James, sure. I said that we were getting a little warmer on the rebrand. And I feel like... I feel like I can say that because there were some ideas kicked around that we were like, uh, okay with this week. I think I'll wait for you to read them all and I'll tell you which ones, which one I liked. Okay. Look, I'm going to read a few of them. uh, No particular order. And you can say yay or nay. Okay. Okay. So let's start in no particular place with Scott Adamson, new podcast name suggestion, James and Joe, Jack King off poker podcast. No, but I give him, that's like a, a nice effort score. Carl uh, Parrish making his weekly appearance in the social media segment of the show. <laughs> uh, it says, good to hear you guys not make me eat a pile of shit, lol. By the way, it wouldn't be a new thing for me. I've done it before, Bell Grill style. Um, It sounds like Carl's got some life that was way more interesting than this one beforehand. Carl's uh, suggestions, by the way, global poker chat. Or your initials, JJM Poker Chat, JMJ Poker Chat, assuming that Matt Broughton becomes a regular fixture. I'm going with no on that. I mean, I'm fine with the title. I just don't want Matt to be a regular fixture. Uh, Freddie, so Frizzy, who hopefully, maybe, possibly could be appearing on the show today. Brain Engagers. It's a callback. 
Uh, all right, Engage Your Brain. Doesn't reference poker at all. I think people will be really confused when they tune into a show called Brain Engagers and find out how stupid it is. Uh, to be to be fair, Freddie realized immediately the suggestion wasn't going to fly. Hashtag never mind. Uh, blue checkmark <laughs> alert. Jan Heitman, the German pro, suggests side pod. You are welcome. Or poker stars side pod. You are equally welcome. That Those two I didn't mind, actually. Uh, I mean, no surprise that it comes from a fully functioning member of society. Um, but uh, yeah, no, those two I thought were okay. Uh, Carl LeBlanc, who of course is Matt LeBlanc's brother, poker stargazing. <laughs> uh, to me, it sounds like navel gazing, which is more accurate as to what's happening on the show. Uh, a few people have gone with the whole idea of like side action and side pot. Uh, Kagiso, a former superfan, says, how about poker stars side pot? Yes, now I'm getting... Uh, these were, were the ones that started coming in that I kind of liked. Okay, so Kagiso is potentially in contention for his name going forward to the final round. Ed Kilworth says, thank you for the kind words about the Twitch mods last week, Joe. Uh, his podcast name suggestions, Bitch Stars, Idle Chip Chat, that one I like, and Everyone Loves a Chop Pod. That, yes, yeah, so again, so we're when we started getting to Side Pod and Chop Pod... Um, I like everyone loves a chopped pod. We just got to get poker in there somehow. Um, do you want make sure you keep what, what was the one you like there? Idle chip chat. Idle chip chat. Yeah, doesn't have yeah, poker not- in there. It's probably a little bit too clever for its own good, but I, I, like, I like the suggestion. Too, I like yes. the suggestion. Uh, Donnie, new name: Poker Stars the Nuts. Uh, it's a little played. If there had literally never been anything called the nuts before instead of a million things, including a really famous thing from ESPN, maybe we could go with it. Uh, Ray suggests fish hooks or fish hooks on poker based on both your forename initials. I finally worked it out. I've read this yeah, it's one. A, it's a long way to go. Five times and try to work out why, why is he saying our initials are in it? Fish hooks. J for jacks. I get it. Finally. Yeah. Um, Tony Turner Alvarez is back. Poker, <laughs> poker in the ear, ta-da. Jason B's variation, poker in your ears. Yes, and I liked both of those. Poker um, in your ears. I, uh, I thought that it's a, it's a, got a little joke in it. It's got the word poker in it, and it says what the show is. It is literally poker in your ears. I, I liked those suggestions. Those are probably my number one at this point. Uh, more in jokes. This one from at Karmic Curse. The Poker Stars Gibbons cast. okay thank you but no uh three suggestions from will ho who claims to be on fire will be the judge of that will the not so high roller show okay the joker stars show because if stapes was a playing card it would be the joker i appreciate that but if you need to explain it's like a halloween costume like if you need to explain what it is it's not a good suggestion well his third suggestion is probably the best of the three doesn't necessarily mean it's great the poker jokers yeah i don't know it sounds we're we're not we're not really that funny uh daniel says here is my feeble slash awful slash shit slash wonderful delete why are you sending it in daniel well wonderful is one of the options so you just delete the words that you don't think are applicable his suggested (laughs) podcast title straddle from the stars I mean, I love it with your delivery, but I think that's about it. Uh, Spear, the Pokestars Family Pot Podcast, the Pokestars Post River Podcast, Pokestars Seventh Street Podcast. Seventh Street, what is this? Nineteen ninety six. Seventh Street, that's awesome. Because uh, what, what even happened to Sixth Street? 
We're nearly there. Uh, another suggestion from Donny. Poker Champions Muckrake. You should, I can see James on video right now. The face he's making is not good. Uh, Kai, it's a brick with James, Joe, and Matt. I thought that was really cute, but it doesn't. It's not going to fly. But we're now. There's no way we're using hard against catchphrase. And his famous line that I had nothing to do with is not on my show. <laughs> and finally, uh, Keith Woodward says my last effort for the rebranding of EPT Not Live: the cutoff. Yeah, it's fine. What, so, James, what do you think of poker in, in your ear? Poker, or in your ears? Poker in your ears, I am, I'm quite partial to. Uh, last week, we talked about poker being in your rear or in your face. It is in your ears. And also, I do like the fact that when we do the uh, on-location version, in vision, it could be poker in your ears and then in brackets and your eyes, close brackets. That's an awesome repurposing. Okay, I'm kind of, an, I'm kind of in love with this one. Now, before we get... Uh, me too much in love with this one is there like a secret one behind the scenes that's being like that we're going to be forced to take anyway or no. we're still no but just to make it absolutely clear it doesn't really matter whether we love something or not you do realize this is going to have to be run past a committee of suits before it comes anywhere near becoming the name of this podcast I totally get that. I just want to make sure that there isn't some name already that we know we're going to have to call it. Because, no, uh, I, would, I honestly would. I would not have thrown this out to the audience if I genuinely had a concept or a real idea of where we would take the title of the show. Okay, cool. So at the moment, poker in your ears it has as good a chance as anything else, if has a better chance than anything else at the moment. Yes, it does indeed. Excellent. Um, hey, James, we there is some social media beef this week between the uh, the co-commentators on EPT Live. I'm sorry, I, you're not going to like this one, but I'm so sticking to my position. And you may call me a stubborn bastard, and I'll take it on the chin. I mean, what? It, so basically, just to recap, is that James technically did spoil the end of narcos um however it was something that happened in history that is something that happened in real life here's here's my Matt, make, here's the case for the defense very very quickly because if i had revealed every single plot twist and turn and every development in the life of pablo escobar i would consider that to be both unnecessary and a spoiler what i said was based on a false belief a misconception that Everyone kind of knew that Pablo Escobar died. Well, I don't think everyone knew. Like, I kind of thought that was probably the case, but, like, couldn't really remember. But Matt, Matt had, like, a go at you on Twitter. And if I can be perfectly honest, I don't really think it's that bad of a spoiler because it did happen in real life. But I just needed you to be wrong about something. I just needed... <laughs> I just needed James to be the in, the not infallible fucking man-god for once. And I was really hoping that if I piled on, that James would uh, would relent a little bit. Of course, that didn't happen. No. But I will say what my response to you was, was like, you did answer in that very, like, internet trolly way of, like, <laughs> yeah, but of, like, not not owning it at all like in the slightest like not even a slight like oh i'm sorry you didn't know that like the only thing you didn't do was like victim blame him i think it's also important to point out that i also utilized the correct spelling of words correct punctuation <laughs> and correct grammar which again separates me from your average troll the way i look at it this show and by the way i do think the second half of season two i haven't quite reached the end yet is better than the first half stuff's actually happening now and it's actually moving even though it's still covering quite a small time frame 
it slows sh- down again a lot by the last couple oh, episodes. I did, fi- I did finally finish it. Great. Uh, by the way, our executive producer is going to love this because she told me how much she enjoyed the Narcos chat on last week's show. Um, but I do feel it's <laughs> one of those programs which is about the how and the why rather than the what. I do think that it generally assumes that the audience has a vague notion of the basic narrative arc and really it's just re- telling you all the little incidents along the way, all the drama behind the scenes that maybe you weren't aware of. What annoyed me particularly about this season more than the first is how much of that has been fictionalised. There was a lot less dramatization in the first season, whereas the second season, most of the characters, most of the incidents never actually happened. Yeah, um, and that's sort of. Uh, I'm glad I watched it not knowing that because that was another thing that you know I didn't know until you told me. So, um, <laughs> well, no, it's okay. Like it's uh, like because how am I supposed to know what stuff didn't happen? Exactly. Like how do you even how do you even know that? Well, again, if you read up, I mean, again, I'm not going to go into the detail for people who haven't seen it. But if you read up, you you discover very quickly which characters are real and which are composites or just completely made up for the TV show. But what are you going to watch next? Now you've come to the end of Narcos. Um, what am I going to watch next? The thing is, there's a lot of things that are like kind of current right now that I kind of want to try to catch up with. Like uh, The Night Of. Yeah. I don't know if you guys got that yet have, over there. Yeah, but but I'm recording it. It's on like once a week at the moment. So I'm just kind of recording it when it's on and I'll watch, I'll watch through it at some point. Yeah, and people are saying that this is already like one of the best TV shows of all time. Like it's just like automatically like and many people's top 10 lists. So uh, I got that. I got Mr. Robot season two. That's relatively new. Oh, and I missed, there's a new Ray Donovan season out right now. And I didn't watch any of the last one even. So those are kind of where my, where my head's at at the moment. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. During the last season, I did consider bailing on Ray Donovan, but somehow got to the end of the season. So I guess I'll start this new one, which I've been recording over the last few weeks, but I'm kind of a bit bored of the whole thing, to be honest. Uh, well, like, did it, did it just get less compelling or you just got sick yeah, of the characters or no, what? It, it, I do think it's less compelling. And also I'm kind of done with the characters. I just don't think it's necessarily going anywhere. Yeah. Oh, man, dude, I watched something that was really incredible on um, Amazon, which I think is probably on real TV for you guys there because it's an English girl that does the show. Have you heard of the show Fleabag? No, not come across that. Um, I watched the whole, it's only, you know, it's typical like British half hour sitcom, uh, that it's 30 minutes and it's only six episodes. Um, but it was really, really good. Uh, the character is very difficult to like, like, in fact, I, I don't like her at all, but it's really funny and really raw. Um, maybe it's, maybe it's not, uh, maybe it's not on TV there. Maybe it's just Amazon all around the, all Could over be. the place, Could but be an Amazon great exclusive. For- Great format if people are, you know, if you don't like watching American shit, you can check out this show. Well, I tell you what, Joe, just to conclude this TV chat before we move on to other things, one of the most frequently asked questions I face on social media, and I'm sure you get it on Facebook and Twitter as well, is when are the EPT TV shows returning to Channel 4 in the UK and to Pokestars.tv in the rest of the world? And the answer that I seem to be tweeting every day, if not every other day, is that it will be back on air on the 11th of October. That's when we kick things off again with the EPT12 Dublin main event final table, and then 24 hours later, it will appear on Pokestars TV. So mid-October, the 11th of the month, is when season 12 of the European Poker Tour resumes. That's uh, that's good news. I mean, it's been... I haven't had to do that really awkward thing I do when I'm in England on a Tuesday night and I try to have a date, meet me at a bar. But before she gets there, I see if they'll tune the TV to Channel 4. So when she asks me what I can do, I go, 
it just it's right up there. I mean, you can't you can't hear it right now because there's no sound on. But I <laughs> I assure you, I'm probably saying something stupid. What I love is that you've kind of solved this as a bit, but I can easily believe it. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Hey, let's just change the subject really quick because um, I I haven't done it yet, but I've definitely thought about it. Um, you were not the only one to have a social media beef this week. Did you see Daniel Negreanu and Jesse May get into it over the Hall of Fame? I didn't. I have seen a number of tweets from Daniel about the Hall of Fame. I think he's made his position on this very clear. He does not think that this is a great shortlist. He does not think that this is a list he should be picking from. And he, I think he said today, I've genuinely no idea who's going in this year. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I was, you guys, I was thinking maybe y'all could, uh, so I did say you could have some help. James, I'm going to tell you what I was thinking about um, for my vote this year, my votes. Um, I was thinking I would go with, so I get a total of 10 and I can split them up between a maximum of three people. Um, I can give 10 to one person or, you know, I can vote for one, two or three people, but I have to use all 10 points. Sure. So. What I'm going with is I'm going Chris Moneymaker, four points. Okay. Carlos Mortensen, three points. David Ollie at three points. Okay. Um, now, even though I wasn't the biggest fan of the Devilfish as a person uh, when he was around, I do think that he was really important to uh, making poker on television popular in the UK. And I've been lucky enough to live in both America and the UK, so I I'm not one of those people that like just doesn't understand that poker becoming important in the UK is important in general. Sure, but there's something that your votes are telling me, and that's that you very much consider the role of growing poker and being a poker ambassador to be important because you voted for the Devilfish and you voted for Chris Moneymaker, and I guarantee you that would antagonise Daniel Negreanu, who believes that it should be about their accomplishments as players and not about what they did behind the scenes in the poker world. Well, this is what actually Daniel and Jesse were arguing about, where Jesse was saying that the Hall of Fame is for the fans, and so you need to put people in the Hall of Fame who really mean something to the fans. I don't disagree with that, by the way. I think that's a really good argument from Jesse. Daniel's contention is it's not for the fans. It's for us. It's for the poker players, and therefore the best poker players should go in. And when you hear Jesse's argument, it sounds like a good one. And when I hear Daniel's argument, it sounds like a good one too because, like, what really exists in poker these days, like, just for the players? Like, everything is about them being ambassadors, and you got to have this, and you got to have that. Like, I don't really have a problem with it just being for the players either. But then if you look at the Hall of Fame and you look who's already in it, there are plenty of people who've earned their spot based on what they did to change the poker landscape. Um, I do think someone suggested that what needs to be very clear is that every year you need to admit two players and one contributor, someone who's done something for the growth of the game, your, your Matt Savage figure who's on this year's nomination list, for example. And I totally agree with that because at the moment, if you do think that Matt Savage deserves to be in based on the work he's done as a TD, you're taking a spot away from a player. Yeah, correct. So it's I see that you're being kind and referring to Chris Moneymaker as a player. That's that was very nice of you. But I'm look, I'm looking from the Daniel Negroni perspective. He thinks Chris Moneymaker is a player. He's on that list as a player, and it's his achievements in the game, his accomplishments at the table that should be considered when deciding whether to vote for him. 
That's weird. I guess um, Chris. I wonder if Chris has even picked up on if that's what Daniel's saying. <laughs> okay. Well, I saw an interview with Chris where he was asked about being nominated. Obviously, he's honoured, and he said himself, "I don't believe that I necessarily meet all the criteria as a player, but through what he's achieved as an ambassador and what he achieved by winning that World Series of Poker main event in 2003 and changing the poker landscape forever, damn right he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame." Yeah, look, obviously, by the way that I voted, it's clear what I think the Hall of Fame is. But then again, um, I'm really only wanted to be that way. So there's a chance I can get in one day. Mm. Anyway, let's move on from the Hall of Fame and talk to, about something quite similar, which is the PokerStars toilets. <laughs> yeah, the Hall of Shame, uh, the the porcelain throne. It's always an honor to be. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, it's an honor to use the PokerStars toilets and just have nothing weird in there happen. So, yes, on previous occasions, we've talked about the people who brush their teeth, uh, the guy who sheds hair into the urinal, the fact that the staining on the floor is just out of hand. Joe, this might be the best one yet. Oh, God. So I walk into the bathroom, and there is a guy occupying one of the cubicles. Nothing abnormal about that, except for the fact that the cubicle door is wide open. No. The guy is standing up, facing the bowl. He is urinating into the bowl while brushing his teeth. No way. He is gripping with the left and brushing with the right. I have, I mean, what is going on? Like, there's just so many things, like so many questions here. Like, I kind of get like sometimes a dude will like go into a stall and if he's got his back to the door and he's just taking a leak, he will not close the door. I think that in like a place of business and a place where like your coworkers are all around, you probably don't do that anyway. Like it's not a bar. Sure, but let's be you're, honest, you're we could drunk. probably overlook the non-closure of the door if it weren't for the teeth brushing element, which is weird if you're doing it in the sink. It is incredibly weird. It is absolutely unacceptable if you're doing it in the goddamn cubicle. Now, did he spit into the toilet afterward? No, he then walked to the sink and finished off. Uh, finished what off? Rinsing, Joe. Rinsing. Oh, got it. Okay, just checking. Um, man, people do some weird shit there, and I contend that's because the bathrooms are so nice there that people like do stuff way more often than they would. I think if we want to get rid of these problems, just have a shittier bathroom. <laughs> uh, have you seen it by 5 p.m. on a weekday? Oh my God, it's totally trash. It's exactly. unbelievable how nice it starts off in the beginning of the day. And it's just because people are like, oh wow, this is so much better than my toilet at home or the one I usually use in the tube station where I sleep. So I'm just going to use the one at the office all the time. Basically, we just need to stop the cleaner going in there at the end of the day. Um, something I meant to talk about last week but forgot is obviously the NFL season's underway. Yes, it's back for another three months. Um, are you still doing your fantasy football thing? Okay, so... Um at the about like you know whenever fantasy football emails start going out um i started getting ones from my old league saying hey we're back everybody's back for this season um so i'm getting all these stupid emails uh coming into my inbox with all these dumb inside jokes that are really just bothering me and i've got (laughs) stuff to do like research porn titles for this show and um uh, th- about a week goes by, and then I get an email from Yahoo, which is like where we do did the fantasy league. Yeah, and the email says that I have been removed from the <gasps> league. 
Oh my, is that an auto-remove, or did the actual other franchise owners have a meeting and decide that you were no longer part of the fantasy league? So I holler at my one friend who pulled me into the league, this girl I went to high school with, and I was like, did I get kicked out of the fantasy league? And she wrote back, we take setting your lineup properly very seriously, (gasps) and... um, you didn't really do that, that last time round, right? I mean, you were practically on auto draft. I was. I mean, no, the draft I did, and I was, uh, and I did change my lineup sometimes. But fuck, man, there's like five games a week. Like you got to change your like the games. Like I was like, okay, I'll change my lineups on sa- Sunday mornings. But then you like fucked up the Thursday Thursday game, and then eventually you're like fucking up Saturday games, and like it was just too much work to like change my lineup all the time. But like, I felt really cheated because like they brought me in i had never played fantasy football before i was the first person to fucking pay like the guy sends out the email like okay everyone like league's over i need everybody's money i like paid immediately and i just felt like really fucking scammed like I, they just like brought me in took my money and they were like see you later fucker and like the part that burned me up the most is i had to sit through like dozens of insufferable emails about what this season's going to be like and people sending animated GIFs back and forth and all these <laughs> fucking dumb jokes that I don't want to be a part of in the first place. And then they boot me from the fucking league. Wow. The good news is you can put fancy behind you because you've got reality on your doorstep now. You actually have an NFL team in Los Angeles. The LA Rams are back. So I figure I- <laughs> you're going to be there every other week for all their home games. I honestly didn't even know that that had started. Yes, Joe. They moved at the start of this well, season. Where do they play? Uh, they're playing in a temporary stadium. I can't remember where it is, but while their new facility is being built in Inglewood, and that opens, I believe, in time for the 2019 season. Okay, so it's going to be a couple of years in some temporary spot. I don't know. I would go. I would go to a game. I literally had no idea that that had started. Now I was like, yeah, that's going to happen in a few years or whatever. No, it's they. They moved at the end of last season. I mean, obviously, hard luck to the people of St. Louis, who I'm sure are very. Uh, devastated that they've lost their team, but great, obviously, for Los Angeles. And I think you're going to get another. Chances are that the Chargers move north from San Diego, or worst-case scenario, the Raiders move south from Oakland. But yeah, I think you're going to have an NFC franchise and an AFC franchise sharing a stadium in Los Angeles. James, as you know, not having a football team was one of the things I loved the most about Los Angeles. (laughs) Well, you can't come back to London, because chances are we're going to get the Jaguars by 2018. And I can't go to Vegas because the Raiders are going That's there. That's true. There's a rumors of the Raiders going to Vegas. I'm just, I just can't avoid sports no matter how oh, hard I come try. Come on, as sports go, you you don't mind this one. Look, no, I don't mind the NFL. It's the things that come along with sports and like everyone being so fucking into it and everyone the traffic. You think we need more traffic in Los Angeles? I'll tell you something, you know the kind of behind-the-scenes stuff that we occasionally do on this show, and I know you like it when we let people in behind the curtain and tell them some kind of secrets of production. Watching NFL games for me, and particularly Sunday Night Football on NBC and the Monday Night Game on ESPN, is like research for me, because that is when I am exposed to what I consider to be the best sports commentators in the world. And I know that commentating on poker is very different, but there are certain things you can learn from people like Mike Tirico and Al Michaels, which you can apply to poker. These guys are my idols. These are the people that I emulate to be. And some of the phrasing that they use or the way they try and encapsulate things in very short sentences or just recapping 
where you are, what where we're at, what the score is. That's the kind of stuff that I steal from them, that I kind of uh, plagiarise blatantly. So for me, watching those games, there's a little bit of work there. That's cool. That's probably a good idea to watch, like, actually good commentators at their jobs to learn stuff from it. them. <laughs> I recommend yeah. it. As I said, just steal. Just raid everything, every every uh, every play in their book. Just raid it all. Every year, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to get into sports. I'm going to watch football. And then, I don't know, man. Like, I live my life kind of like a gay guy or a girl on Sundays. Like, I just like to get up and go to brunch and, like, drink all day long. Like, I don't <laughs> – I don't – I don't do the whole football thing. Like this Sunday, I, me and my buddy uh, Sam and my friend Vanessa drank like seven bottles of champagne. And then I attempted to watch The Magnificent Seven because I want to go see the remake on Friday. And then I was like, ooh, the Emmys are on. Like that was my, <laughs> that was my <laughs> Sunday. Like sports, the only thought I had about sports all day was like when I was trying to read tweets and I had to go through like a bunch of fucking stupid football tweets. So I don't know, man. I just can't do it. I want to like sports because, like, it's such a great thing. Like, because you follow football, James, you can talk to almost anyone in the world. You know what I mean? Like, when I meet – mostly when I when I meet celebrities and famous people and I don't know what to talk to them about, I always see them just talking about sports with people, and I don't have that common ground, and it's super awkward. Well, it's not that easy for me. Bear in mind that most people in this country want to talk about soccer, and I have nothing to contribute to that conversation right. at all. So you know. Anyway, we've got a good guest standing by. We've got the news to get to. Anything else before we move on? Well, I just I know people kind of like when I tell stories about how I fucked my life up. So just really quickly, uh, I posted something on Facebook that sparked this huge debate, and I see people complain about the NHS a lot. Uh, in the UK, even though when I was there, from what I could tell, it seemed really awesome. But one thing people complain about is like how long it can take to get an appointment. Yeah. Now, I in America pay something like three hundred and fifty or four hundred dollars a month for my health insurance, and um, all that basically does is entitle me to make an appointment. Like it doesn't even really cover anything. I still have to spend like two grand before it even covers anything. So I called my doctor for the first time ever to make an appointment just because I haven't been in a while. And I was like, I called on September 3rd and they offered me an appointment on September 28th. Uh, that was 25 days later. And I had like an absolute meltdown on the phone. I was like, are you kidding me? Like with the amount of money I pay for this insurance, I was like, what do I do if I'm sick? And they're like, oh, if you're sick, you just walk in. And I was like, you have to be able to give me an appointment before 25 days from now. And I like really lost my shit on the phone as much as I do. Like I wasn't rude, but I was like <laughs> yeah. pretty fucking firm. And so the woman's like, okay, we'll get you an appointment um, a week from Tuesday, like on September 13th or something. And I was like, okay, fine. Thank you. Goodbye. Well, I woke up on the morning of September 15th wondering when my doctor's appointment was and realized that I had missed it by 48 hours. Oh and I just God. felt like the biggest idiot ever. Like I just threw like an absolute fit on the phone, like demanding this earlier appointment. And then I didn't show up at all. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, what do I, what do I do? Like I can't call them. So then I called my insurance company and I changed my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Because I couldn't face calling back that um, – well, I did it I did it online and I figured, oh, I'll just do it online and no one will be the wiser. And then I get this email from them saying like, okay, your doctor change has to be approved. And I was like, oh my god, are they going to call the other office? Are they going to find out that I skipped out on that appointment? Am I going to get in trouble for this? But luckily it did go through. 
Uh, and uh, I haven't tried to make a new appointment yet, but I was like, you're just, you're just such a fucking idiot. Like, oh. you're, how can someone be so bad at life? Moving swiftly on. What's going on? Poker today. Now it is time for EPT Not Live News. And let's talk W Coop, Joe. And let's start with the mini W Coop. We've mentioned a few times that the uh, small festival is running alongside the main festival. We did, of course, have the 8 Max High Roller this weekend. And we'll chat about that with our guest Felix Schneiders in just a moment. But in the mini W Coop, how about this one then? A guy called Ewan Robert, known as Ethanolol on Stars, entered two tournaments within an hour and a half of each other. One had 12,000 entrants. The other Shit. had... 18,000 runners and this guy won them both i heard this story because i got the press release i did not know they were such big fields that is nuts 18,000 12,000 and he won them both absolutely he says i ran like jesus i was in the zone nothing could reach me a very strange feeling. There's a great article, by the way, about this guy's story on the Pokestars blog, written by Brad Willis. So check that out for the full story. But an amazing accomplishment that we had to acknowledge here. Um, one of the things I've been doing, Joe, in a bid to keep up with more of what's happening in the world of poker, is I've been trying to check out the opposition. And I've been watching some other streams on Twitch from other tours. And on Friday afternoon... I came across a live stream of the Asian Poker Tour from Manila in the Philippines. Now, this is not to be confused with the Asia Pacific Poker Tour, which is okay. a Poker Stars run event. This is the APT, and they were streaming the final table of the Ladies of Poker. It was four handed, and two of the ladies were at one end of the table and two were at the other end of the table and they had like fixed cams like hothead cameras covering both ends of the table and then what they would do during the shuffle is they'd have a split screen but of course there was an overlap between the two <laughs> ends of the table so anyone who was on the rail was basically doubled up so everyone who was standing there watching the action had a twin <laughs> It was a very surreal experience. So I tune in at about 4.15 in the afternoon. They're four-handed. The chip leader has 17 big blinds, and the other three players have fewer than 10 big blinds each. So I'm thinking, ah, oh, this is going to be over soon. How wrong I was. Exhibit A. A player with nine big blinds calls a raise in the big blind, with ace of clubs, eight of clubs. Now, most people are going to reshove eight-handed, sorry, four-handed with that hand, but she elects to <laughs> just call and see Technically, there were eight hands, James. Technically, there were eight eight hands at the table, so... <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, two, two each. There is a flop, eight, six, deuce with one club. Top pair, top kicker, backdoor flush draw. What should you do in that situation with an eight-big blind stack? Check Open fold. muck. Check fold. That's exactly what happened. She check folded. However, <laughs> her opponent had queens. So arguably, it was great play. Sick read. Um, same player then gets down to five big blinds and finds herself with pocket fours in the big blind facing a standard race, tanks for what seems like an eternity, and folds. <laughs> um. Just is it one forward. of these situations where where the where the stream like had to be like a certain length of time? 
I so was well. Just... We, we asked the question: Were they on the bubble? I couldn't tell you because the commentary was in Japanese, and I don't speak Japanese, so that wasn't helping at all. And there were only thirty-one people watching, and no one in the chat box was volunteering any information. But just to fast forward, forty-five minutes later, with the blinds up at least two levels by this point, they are still four-handed. <laughs> and at that point, I'm afraid I had to quit and couldn't stay with it. But well done to whoever won the Ladies of Poker at the Asian Poker Tour event in Manila. But I thought I'd, uh, I'd just share those hand histories with you. I had a, I had a four-handed lady experience when I was in Asia also, but it was a totally different thing. Yes, I can imagine. Um, let's get back to W Coop because while we're talking about the World Championship of Online Poker and we're going to look ahead to the main event in just a moment, we should talk about a guy who's been providing a lot of analysis, a lot of coverage of the W Coop, who's also been playing some of those tournaments as well. Uh, you may know him as Xflix. He is Felix Schneiders from Team PokerStars Pro Online, and we can welcome him now to EPC Not Live as he makes his debut on the podcast. Welcome, Felix. Hey there. Oh my God. I'm excited. Thanks for the intro. Yeah. Thank you for having me, guys. I'm excited. Hi, Felix. Hi, Joe. Thank you for coming on because I know we had to tear you away from oh, yeah, yeah. as live coverage of the WCOOP 8 Max High Roller. So I guess you probably didn't see how that final table played out. We probably dragged you away just as it got heads up between Thor McAllister and Doug Pope. Oh, yeah, that was an exciting match that just went back and forth. I was just on with Matt, and we were just having some fun banter. And then uh, all of a sudden, like, uh, Doug Polk made this turnaround, and now they're even in stacks. So it's getting exciting, but, yeah, he, he found some replacement. It's so weird Mark the way did. you're talking about it like it's in real time, when, in fact, it's a replay from a tournament wait, that wait. actually played out two days ago. Wait, before you spoil it, honestly, I know Doug Polk won a lot of money on Twitch, but I don't know if he won or not, so don't spoil I won't, it. I won't. Is it okay if I just bail on this interview and go watch the rest of that <laughs> as Matt is Matt on right now? Felix, I had a question for you. Your 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 Twitter handle is like XXFlix. That's right. Three X's. Well, I mean, one in the front, two in the back. <laughs> why did you make your Twitter handle look like a porn streaming site? Like it looks <laughs> like a kind of thing I should be like going and just watch all my all my titty movies on. That's actually the first time somebody said that. We had like uh, Netflix or uh, other 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 fun things, but that's actually the first time somebody said that. It's pretty interesting. Well, it just basically is Flix. I, my, my Twitter handle should just be Flix, but most of the Flixes on the interwebs are just taken everywhere, just F-L-I-X, and that's just my short name. You know, Everybody just calls me that. So the Xs are basically just for my, my straight-edge references. Because I don't do the fun things that some people say, like you know, I don't do I don't do alcohol, I you know, I don't do drugs. So, I guess I might I might be like some people might consider this a boring boring kind of kind of uh, uh, approach, but uh, that's that's where the X's basically come from. So. Oh, that's sick! You're actually straight edge. Yes, I am. What's like, a, yeah, what was your rationale behind making that life decision? Well, sort of like uh, it, it goes it goes hand in hand with what I what, what I believe to be as a poker player. Like I always try to have a clear mind and have to have, have to have clear thoughts. And that that's 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 me. I just don't enjoy any of these things, so I basically just turn them down all the time. What do you think of someone like me, where like half my shtick is like being drunk most of the time? Do you look <laughs> at me and you're like you're just like what an idiot? Like what an what a no, that's down. totally fine. Don't worry. I'm I'm all good with that. Actually, I've been growing up with that, and all my friends, you know, uh, even when they're not straight edge, I just I just totally respect that, and I, I have fun with them all the time. So I actually enjoy that because you can actually get to like uh, be the guy with a with a clear head when they're actually like you know when they when they're just blasting blasting off, and just you can just you can have fun with them. So it's fun. It's fine. 
I don't even think I would. I think at this point, if I ever had a clear head, it would feel more weird to me <laughs> <laughs> than having a little drunkenness. Felix, I, so I don't. I don't know too much about you. Like you've probably gone over like your origin story as a poker player a whole bunch of times, but like. Did, have you always been a poker player? Did you come from some other world? Well, I come from the mag- the world of, uh, of of card games. Magic: The Gathering was my my kind of card game back in the days. So I started off with that, um, and, and you uh, were a, you were a successful Magic player, like tournaments, and made money from it. I guess semi successful. I guess. I mean, I was a world champion once, but only as a team player. Like Team Germany, we took down the championship title and the worlds in two thousand and two in Sydney. So that was kind of like my big bink, I would say. Um, and after that, I didn't really have too many successful events. But I kind of like traveled the tournament circuit for a long, long time. And everybody was already playing poker on that circuit anyway. So they always tried to get me into poker and I never really listened. Everybody was like, hey, I already became a millionaire. Hey, what about you? Don't you, don't you want to pick up poker? And I'm like, mm, nah, maybe later. So I just put that up on, on, on hold. And then once I got to it, I, I started to realize that this is actually a fun game. And um, I got into it. Yeah. So they were like, don't you want to pick up poker? And you were like, don't you want to pick up another drink, you alcoholic? <laughs> um, so sort wait, of, so sort of. Did you ever have a real job or you went straight from being like a, a, tr- a touring Magic the Gathering player to being a poker player? Um, I never really had a, a job per se, if you want to call that. Well, I did have a, some, some side jobs as a student. Uh, I finished my university studies, but after that I turned pro, basically. I just decided that this would be the best thing to do at that point. Um, and yeah, that's, that's when things took off. Um, so, so I never really, I only had student jobs, yeah. So you've been working as a, you know, making a living as a professional poker player for how long? Um, I guess, so I graduated in 2008 and before that I was already winning, um, like I was already paying my bills, uh, playing poker, but I was not really considering myself a professional player. Uh, so then when I graduated after graduation, I had to make the decision whether I want to stay in the fields or do something with research or go into the, the world of, uh, the, uh, the world of, of, uh, you know, business. And, uh, and then I ultimately decided to give poker a go. And I think it was like five or six years after that, that I maintained a living with it. So, so what, what is it that, okay. that you do mostly online? Like, uh, what stakes do you play? Cause you're not, you're not part of the whole, like, you know, you don't play the nosebleeds, do you? No, no, no. I just basically played, uh, small to mid stakes, uh, all, all the time. And it's still up to now, like the, the highest stakes I usually play are, one two when I when I stream on Twitch I play up to one two. Sometimes I take some shots at higher stakes. I took some shots at higher stakes, but my main game has always been like you know small to mid stakes cash games and mostly telling people how to build bankrolls. Um, that that's been my kind of thing. I mean, what I know about you, Felix, is from your Team Online film. I mean, those great documentary features that were made about all the members uh, on the roster. And I believe yours yeah. was called The Teacher because you're clearly someone who enjoys talking about poker and and passing that knowledge on to others. Yeah, I guess um, back in, this, in, the, in the times when I studied, I was, um, I was uh, already tutoring math classes. Um, and I, I, had to, I had some enjoyment. I took some fulfillment out of this because it was just really rewarding you. Like in poker, you don't get rewarded uh, some of the time, even if you make the correct decisions. So uh, having something like this uh, and getting, getting direct rewards always kind of like affected me in a positive way. So... Uh, I took something out of this, and I think that also carried over to poker later. And um, even at, on the side, when I was uh, 
when I was just playing poker or grinding, I always helped out some friends, always taught them how to play, uh, showed them the game and uh, um, taught a, a couple of people. I started out in telepoker actually as a small poker school um, and uh, taught people how to, how to start building bankrolls because that's what I, what I did myself in poker, or how I started, got started in poker. And in terms of sharing knowledge and imparting poker wisdom, how important has Twitch been to your approach to mentoring players? Oh, Twitch has been the thing, basically. It's just like exploded. It's just, it still amazes me how, how this has just, uh, has just like stormed my whole life. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable, actually. Well, we started out, at, as I was just saying, we started out at IntelliPoker, a poker school online, uh, with those like sort of, they weren't really live streams, but they were like poker shows or teaching shows yeah. where we just instructed people with like a very, very basic layout. You know, there was no camera. There was just no face on there. It was just like a replayer table. And we were just talking over what we did and like it were replays of or just showcasing a couple of hands. Um, and uh, so you could call this like a basic stream. And then Twitch came in, Twitch kicked in. And all of a sudden, you had all these amazing features that you could use. You could you can show your face on camera. You can actually like show things on your desktop. You can stream everything. And just this just took off. And there was so many possibilities and options to to increase uh, showcasing poker to new people and exposing poker and uh, uh, getting new people to to have fun uh, building a bankroll finally. And uh, I could I could this was really like you know me going out there and just like being able to be creative about my my sort of side job as a teacher as a poker teacher and yeah it's it's it's, it's amazing and now it's turned into a it's the big thing actually that i'm doing right now i'm basically just twitching all day <laughs> felix like, what what do you hope to accomplish poker wise in your life because i don't think we really see you at the epts or the world series right yeah yeah yeah, well, I'm sort of different from others in that regard. I've never really had those huge ambitions of like making a big score or being the best at the game. I think um, that's never been my drive or motivation. I believe, like deep down inside, it's just me being really happy, content, and uh, I don't know, really thankful that I'm I'm able to do something that I really enjoy, like a game that I really love and enjoy. That I'm that I'm able to do that for a living or to actually be playing a game like that and just uh, learning from it and improving um, playing this game and just like being able to maintain myself with it. That, that's always been like kind of my dream, even back in the magic, magic days. I was always thinking of magic as a way to actually enjoy what I'm doing and be able to, to make a living on it. It's never been like, I want to be the best at this. I want to be the most competitive. I want to be at the top. I want to make that big score. Uh, I don't. I don't want the. It's not for me to to um, to look at this like life changing money has never been something I've been longing for. I've always been trying to build my own thing, sort of. That is such a refreshing perspective. Like we just, you know, the the poker world is full of everybody who's got like their dollar and their dream, basically, um, all looking for that big score. Which, by the way, is never big enough. <laughs> um, they never like win the world series of poker main event and then go, you know what? I'm good. Smell you later, everybody. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like that. I like that a lot that you're like, no, I just want to have like a happy life. What does a happy life mean to you outside of poker? Do you have a family? Do you want one? Well, I have a wife, I'm married and we've been uh, together married for, um, seven years now, been together for eight. And actually she got to know me right at the point where I started to turn professional or go professional. So basically my wife has been living through all my d 
developments as a poker player. And and what you were saying is just the key thing to my life, I guess. It's just like all about my balance. I'm trying to keep a lot of balance. Uh, I'm trying to have uh, as much time with her as possible. I'm trying to, uh, you know, balance things out, have have a lot of like uh, things that are good for me and my body, have, have a regular workout routine in the morning, have, you know, good food, have uh, take care of my body, of my health and everything. I'm just really, I'm, I'm the type of guy that's really into that. I need my routines. I'm, I'm kind of, you could actually say I'm kind of like a little Sheldon Cooper when it comes to that. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's like, I really, I really enjoy this. And I think I can fit poker perfectly into this because I can be my own boss with the things that I do. I can be creative at times that I want to be creative. And at the same time, I can play poker if I want to, if I want to, you know, grind it out. Uh, I can I can set my own schedules and I can build everything else around that, because I think that poker has the has the sometimes has the 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 the, um, the disadvantage that it basically takes you to a point where you could miss out on that balance and you could just like only play poker uh, and only strive after grinding out the cash or going for the big money and then these things have always like. When I when I went into that phase where I just wanted to grind it out and just like make the big money and everything, this is where my life just got worse. And basically, the, that showed me that balance is, is key and super important for me. Clearly, one of the important parts of your daily routine, Felix, is deciding which gifs, memes, and vines to tweet today. Because yeah. you are Definitely. you are very very active across social media, shall we say? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I've really found some enjoyment in that because kind of like. <laughs> It, it fits my. I, I guess, like you could say, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like when it comes to that, I'm, 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 I like, I like the creative stuff. I like the fun and creative stuff and things. And I discovered the social media stuff, doing, doing memes or tweet stuff or <laughs> just try to think of something funny to do. It's just always something I do in my daily routine as well. Absolutely. Well, let's get to the bottom of the pretzel thing then. How did that <laughs> start, and how are you going to make pretzels great again? Well, that's on Matt. That's all on Matt. <laughs> Matt changed my life. Matt, Matt changed my life completely for, for Twitch and for streaming, I guess. Because, I mean, I usually, on my stream, people know that by now. Like, when they, as I have my routines, you know, I, I, I enjoy eating a pretzel per day. So I really have my pretzel a day. Uh, sometimes on a stream, I take this to extremes. I eat my pretzel on stream and everybody just goes like, please turn off the microphone. Hey, you're, you're you say... Playing. When you say pretzels, is we talk one of those like hot Bavarian big ass pretzels? Yes, yes the real ones, oh, real, ones. real German ones. Nice. Um, the the stuff that they enjoy on the Oktoberfest as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so I mean, you know, I love I love pretzels, and um, I had one uh, on on the stream when I was first on with Matt, and he was like, he was bringing on that joke, like he got that picture in my head where <laughs> he was hearing cathedral bells in, in the back, because uh, I'm 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 located in Cologne, and we have a big cathedral, the dome right next to where I have my office, and uh, the bells were ringing, and he was just like. Well, seeing you with that pretzel, I imagine all the Germans now walking with a pretzel into that into that chapel, into the into the, into the <laughs> church of pretzels, and just like praising the pretzel, and that's where it all took off. So instantly, we we started building that joke, and and now it's been like me trying to run for mayor of Pretzel Town, trying to get <laughs> to get everybody to have a pretzel because everybody is entitled to a pretzel. You know, everybody has to love uh, their pretzels. And uh, I think, you know, I just want to make pretzels great again now. Well, pretzel gags aside, how have you found um, commentating and, and following the action in the WCOOP over the last few weeks? Because I imagine you're also playing the events as well as then watching them afterwards. Yeah, to be honest, I have a very, very light WCOOP schedule. And I always try to keep it light because, you know, as it just fits with what I just said, what we just talked about, I'm not that much of a grinder. Yeah. I just don't like sitting there for like marathon hours, 12, 14 hours to play a tournament. 
so I just picked events that are you know fitting my my needs as a as a six max player and as a as a as a more like action action inclined player. Uh, I just enjoy the short the short the shorter events that are not taking up much of my time. So I had a couple of those, and it was quite successful so far. And I'd really enjoyed um, doing the commentary with Matt together on the on the uh, on the final tables of the big events because that basically also taught me a lot about how to play these nine-handed events, how to play these like longer-lasting events that I really do not very well at mostly. Well, Felix, you seem like the perfect candidate, being that you did participate in WCoop and being that your name sounds like a streaming porno site <laughs> to play. WCoop leaderboard or Pornhub uploader, are you down? <laughs> Absolutely, come in. <laughs> okay, now I think the way we're going to run the game from now on is that it's going to be the first to five, right? So if you get five right, you win. If you get five wrong, you lose. James, okay. can you keep, keep that kind of score? I can indeed. All right, here we go. And I'm going to have you, so you can't figure out how I'm random number generating. Felix, I'm going to have you pick... A number between 1 and 24. 23. 23. Okay. The screen name is Slaya69. Is that the WCoop leaderboard or is that a Pornhub uploader? That's the leaderboard. That is correct. Currently at 133rd on the leaderboard. Sweet. Okay. Pick another number. One, one, one win so far for Felix. 14. 14. Okay. Here we go. Old Duffer. Oh my god. Leaderboard. Leaderboard is correct. He is two Ooh. for two, currently sitting at 59th place. Alduffer. Okay. Go ahead. Pick another number between 1 and 24. Seven. Seven. It is always coming seven. <laughs> Big Egypt. W Coop leaderboard or Pornhub Definitely upload. leaderboard. Definitely leaderboard. That is correct. Big Egypt is currently at 114. So what's that? Four for Felix. Three nil. Three nil. Here we go. Two more. Felix, pick a number between one and twenty-four. I'll take the four. Number four. X Caligula. Still leaderboard. Leaderboard is incorrect. Oh. Three one. Three to one. Here we go. Pick another number. Thirteen. Lucky number thirteen. Daybreak eighty-four. WCube leaderboard or Pornhub uploader. I always have to go with the leaderboard. I don't know. It sounds so much like a screen name. Daybreak84 is a screen name, but it's the screen name of a guy who uploaded a video called Penetration Compilation. Aw, damn. Three to two. Pick another number. 17. 17. Espatula. <laughs> That's tempting. Espatula. Can you spell that once again? What's the, what's the first? E-Z-P-A-T-U-L-A. I'll still take the leaderboard. Leaderboard is correct. Four Two. correct answers so far. All right. Pick another number. 21. 21. Teacher of magic. Ooh. <laughs> wow. This could have been Felix's screen name like yeah, 10 absolutely. years ago. I think I'm going to go with the uploader this time. Uploader is correct. You have one <laughs> WCoop leaderboard or Pornhub <laughs> uploader. Congratulations. XXX flicks XXX. I'm going to get rid of the X's soon, I think. I need to, <laughs> I need to talk to Twitter. 
<laughs> Felix, thank you very much for coming on the show and uh, good luck with the remaining WCOOP tournaments you'll be playing over the next few days. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. It was, it was, was a lot of fun. Well, of course, the big WCOOP event is this coming weekend, Joe. Granted, by the time many people listen to this podcast, it may only be 24 hours away or could be on the day. Sunday, the 25th of September is when it starts. Two o'clock Eastern time, event number 78, the WCOOP main event. $5,000 to enter with, wait for it, a $10 million guarantee. The prize pool guaranteed at $10 bucks. I appreciate that 5K is a big buy-in, but of course, there'll be plenty of satellites. In fact, if I click on the lobby right now, there is a whole host of satellites, 136 of them. $5 satellites, Stars Coin satellites, plenty of ways you can get into this tournament for cheap. By the way, of that $10 million, $1.5 million is guaranteed to the winner. I think this tournament is going to play over three days. So be advised, you've got to be in it for the long haul if you're going to go for it. But equally, if you can't satellite in or you can't make that one, there is the mini WCOOP main event, which is $50 to play with a $200,000 guarantee. And I'm sure, Joe, that for many people listening to this podcast, that is well within their bankroll. I think so. And of course, you know, there are going to be satellites for that one, too. And those satellites are going to be a little bit easier to uh to, to bink, I would say, than the 5300 main event. Yeah, there are 15 satellites to the mini WCOOP main event. Uh, there's a 25 stars coin sit and go, for example. There's an $11 satellite. Um, so get yourself into either of those tournaments. But yes, I know you feel like it's been going on for an eternity, Joe, but WCOOP is finally coming to an end. So I guess having previewed the main event on this week's show, on next week's podcast, we will recap said main event. Cannot wait. Hopefully uh, somebody we know wins it. I mean, look, Fedor won a couple years ago. Look at the fucking career he's had since. That's true. Great things have come from the W Coop. Uh, so do you want to talk about this uh, two plus two thread that Jake Cody brought to your attention? Yeah, see, this is always kind of like, uh, you know, a mixed bag when someone's like, OMG, this is hilarious. And then it's like a two plus two thread. And it's rarely something I'm actually interested in. Well, if I am interested in it, usually it's something we can't talk about on the show. Um, but this is one that uh, I, I found I didn't really get it at first. But basically, I'll just start with reading the first post. I think the t- what's the thread called? Like Jonah Hill, War Pigs. What a whale or something. What a whale. Yeah. Uh, anyone seen this new movie War Pigs with Jonah Hill playing the part of Ephraim DeVaroli? And I remember playing with this kid at 2-5 and 5-10 No Limit Hold'em games in South Florida circa, circa 2007 or 2010. Guy was such a whale. Kid would come in, get loaded, and just burn thousands and be like, yeah, this doesn't touch me, and have his brother go get the Porsche. I always liked this kid. I did the biggest double take ever when he said his name was Ephraim DeVaroli in the movie. Hadn't seen any previews. Pretty cool. Seems like only yesterday kid had the world by the balls. Um, so that's like the, the opening thread. And then what comes next, James? I can't tell if this second threat, second posting was earnest or not. No, I don't think it was. The second post is, I remember playing him like it was yesterday. We had some epic hands against each other over many hours of play. One time, he got dealt kings when I had aces. Sure enough, I won all his chips. You can't touch me, he said. Then his brother went to get his Porsche, and he left like it was no big deal. What an amazing Porsche it was. 
nice. And I believe the colour was red. One of the newer release models at the time, that's for sure. Sounds like you've had a similar encounter, OP. <laughs> so then what happens is, th for some reason, it's just one of these moments of, like, pure internet, everybody gets it at the same time things, and people start writing all these ridiculous stories. It snowballs. That, right, that involve his brother and Porsches, and, <laughs> like, I was, like, legit losing it um, by the time I got to, like, the end of the first or second page. Now, I didn't read all of the thread. Uh, I, I kind of quit uh, after a page or two, but I did take a crack at writing my own. And the reason I say I didn't read them all is because I hope I didn't retread the same ground as somebody else. But uh, maybe I can get like a little, a little music under this. And uh, we will, uh, here, here's my attempt at uh, the, 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 the Ephraim de <laughs> thread. I actually used to play a lot with this kid in Florida. Uh, in the 10 Ted spread limit game with a half kill at the saloon in Frontier Town at Disney World in Orlando. <laughs> he would always come in throwing Disney dollars around, dropping Goofy's name all the time, acting like he was king shit of both space and fuck mountain. Uh, this one time we ended up piling it in on an all spade board where I had the second nuts. He slow rolled me for the entire length of the Main Street electrical parade. But when he finally tabled his hand, all he had was a ticket to hold his place in line for the Haunted Mansion and a gift card to the Olive Garden, Boca Raton. I was like really nervously raking in the pot when he said, this doesn't touch me. And But when I looked over, he was juggling one of those Fushigi balls. Uh, before I could say anything, he told his brother to go get the Porsche. And sure enough, before I could even finish stacking my chips, the two of them sped off on the back of Lindsay Blue Funke. <laughs> Anyway, if you haven't seen the thread, check it out. It's uh, it's a good time. And uh, yeah, play the sting. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. So Joe, this edition of Superfan vs. Stapes is probably the most infamous, the most talked about since that guy came on <laughs> claiming to be a friends expert and laid an egg. It is the return appearance of Sir Frizzy himself, Freddy Cruz, who stood us up three weeks ago. Freddy, you are a lucky man that Joe Stapleton allowed you to get a second chance. I appreciate the second chance, but I stood up. I don't know. At least I sent you a message. That first. is very true. <laughs> that is very true. You let us know in advance. And that was your mitigating circumstances that allowed my tough exterior to crack and allowed you to get a second shot at being our super fan. But also the other reason why, of course, we were going to let you come back on is you are a genuine super fan and you've been very supportive over the years. And obviously we're thrilled to have you on the show. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, it's pretty awesome to actually be on the show I listened to. I was looking for like a Joe Stapleton podcast to come back ever since the one that I used to listen to was gone. And so when I heard this one was back up, listened to like the first eight episodes that I missed all in one shot. It was like, great. It's just like the old ones. So it's pretty happy to be back. Thanks, Freddie. Hey, man. Um, so you were also like a little late today. You said you need another 10 or 15 minutes. What's going on? What's happening in your life right now? Talk to me. <laughs> well, uh... I unfortunately do not have my own car. So because of that, when it comes to like, getting to school, uh, I have to work things around and stuff like that. So part of it is I have to take my sister to work. And it's practically the same time I have to be on this podcast. I was actually looking forward to being on this podcast when you guys were doing like 
the stuff with the fans at like four thirty, five in the morning. <laughs> and that was like perfect time. Like sweet, that's awesome, great. <laughs> so then he said ten thirty. It's like all right, guess I got to move some things around, but it's still good. So today you had to take your sister to work, and that way, so you can get your school yourself to school later. What are you in school for? Uh, currently, I'm going for digital TV and media production. It's actually part time. Oh, don't um, get out of it now! Just don't, <laughs> don't well, even always, bother. Run away while there's still a chance. <laughs> I always told myself that if I was going to go to school for something, it has to be for something that I'm really interested in. And I've always interested in, in being on the radio, or at least being in some sort of TV capacity. So. Pretty uh, pretty happy that I'm actually going to school in the first place. So, James, Freddie seems way too well adjusted to be a legitimate fan of the show. <laughs> yes, but at least we've got this recording which you can put on your real Freddie. That's what you've got to think about here if uh, you want to make it in the radio industry. Now, one person who can't be here this week is Matt Broughton, who was obviously in the studio a few weeks ago when you were meant to be on as the superfan. So Matt actually wrote a series of questions about your specialist subject, which is bowling. Matt has given me the questions. Matt can't be here because he's twitching. However, nature will always find a way, or in this case, technology. And Matt will be joining us from time to time over the course of this quiz. <laughs> All will be okay. revealed. Uh, but crucially, the questions are lined up. I believe in most cases they are multiple choice. Uh, so let's get things running. Superfan versus States. And the first question is for you, Sir Frizzy. Freddy, in 10 pin bowling, which pin is commonly referred to as the kingpin? Is it the one pin, the five pin, the 10 pin, or the big fat bald pin in the suit? <laughs> well, I know it's definitely not the last one, but I'm going to go with the five pin would be correct for a point and you are on the board and there is a bonus question attached why is it called the kingpin because it is surrounded by all the other pins it's protected by all the other pins word for word what it has written on the sheet good man two points on your first question joe stapleton I i'm sorry I have, i'm pulling questions for frizzy really quick so frizzy what's your, what's your background in bowling like how long did you do it are you still in a league that kind of thing uh, well, I currently actually work at a bowling center, and I have bowled league. Uh, before I worked at this uh, place, I was god-awful at bowling. But because you get to see like other people be good at it and other people be bad at it, it's just pretty easy to actually get better at it. It's kind of like doing poker commentary. <laughs> I guess so, exactly. I didn't mention this yet, guys. I was captain of my high school bowling team. <laughs> I know it all... I know I don't look like an athlete. That, that's not a joke, by the way. That's 100% true. No, I was no bowler looks like an athlete. I had a, I had the letter. I, I got lettered in bowling, in varsity <laughs> bowling, everything like that. So, you know. I knew the story I'd... already because I remember, Joe, when we used to work with the TV crew who used to do the bowling on TV. And in a desperate attempt to get some more work, you revealed to a room full of people, hey, hey guys, I was the captain of my, of my high school bowling team. I was actually scouted by the local college, by the local community college, sent their coach over to watch me and uh, to make me like a scholarship offer. And I was like, hey, man, like I'm going to a real college. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, Sir Frizzy, I hope you're not in community college. Uh, yes. But I mean, got to start. Uh, awkward. <laughs> well done, Joe. Right, You've sorry. insulted our guest. Let's see if you can get your first question right. According to the United States Bowling Congress the USBC. What is the required height of a bowling pin in inches? Is it 10 inches, 12 inches, 15 inches, or 20 inches? 
It is... Ooh, that's a good question. I think it is... 12 inches. Incorrect. However, there Shit. is a bonus question. How far apart must the pins be spaced center to center? By the way, the answer was 15 inches, but now I want to know how far apart the pins must be spaced. Four inches. No, the answer actually was 12 inches. So, Freddie, <laughs> your next question. How many individual boards go across one lane? Uh... I'm going to say 31. Ooh, no. Joe, I'm going to give you the chance to steal for a point. 33? No, the answer was 39. Joe, this is your question. Japan is home to the largest bowling alley in the world, the Inazawa Grand Bowling Center. It opened in 1972. It occupies more than 182,000 square feet. The question is, how many lanes does it have? 98... 116, 142, or 156? I'm going to go with 156. Incorrect. It was 116. Now, I'd like to know more about the Inazawa Grand Bowling Center. Maybe Matt Broughton could give us a hashtag fun fact. Incidentally, the Nagoya Grand Bowl, which has 156 lanes across three floors, has applied for entry into the Guinness Book of Records as the largest bowling alley. There's no word yet, but I'll keep you posted as that exciting news develops. Educational and fun. Indeed. Thank you, Matt Wait, so there's an... Wait, wait, wait. So there's another bowling alley with 156 lanes? Indeed. Well, that's a bunch of fucking bullshit. Joe, it's not your question. Freddy, what is the most difficult split to pick up in bowling? 3-5, 2-7, 8-11, or 7-10? Uh, 7-10. Correct. And it's 3 now. Freddy, you ever, you ever made a 7-10 split? Not while I was a better bowler, but probably when I was a shitty bowler. Okay, Excuse I don't me. think I've ever made one. Okay, Joe, here's your question, and it's a little bit off the wall. Arguably shouldn't be in a bowling quiz, but anyway. Which of these actors has not played the Marvel villain Kingpin? <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio, Michael Clark Duncan, Ian McShane, or John Reese davis John Reese davis Incorrect. John Reese davis was Kingpin, Matt Broughton? John Reese davis appeared in the 1989 TV movie The Trial of the Incredible Hulk. Thanks, Matt. The answer was actually Ian McShane. <laughs> Okay, Freddy, let's keep it going. Some high-performance bowling balls have the MB labelled on the ball. What does MB stand for? Mean bias, mass balanced, metric balanced, or mass bias? Um, I'm going to go metric balance. Incorrect. It's actually mass bias. Joseph, the first indoor bowling alley was built in New York in 1840. Was it called... The Alleyways, Queen's Lanes, Three-Fingered Pete's, The Brown Derby, or Knickerbocker Alleys? Knickerbocker Alleys. Correct, meaning you're on the board. The score is now 3-1. Why do I know the name Three-Fingered Pete? Three-Fingered Pete was a character in the original Black Adder series. Of course he was. What about the Brown Derby? 
the Brown Derby was a popular wimpy dessert from 1976. <laughs> of course it was. Uh, Freddie, your question. According to the International Bowling Museum and Hall of Fame, a British anthropologist discovered evidence suggesting that bowling dates back as far as what date? 320 BC, 3200 BC, 320 AD, or April of 1962? <laughs> um, uh, 320 BC? No, 3200 or 3200 BC. That's how old bowling is. Back when the cavemen lived with the dinosaurs, they used to go bowling together. Have you ever seen the Flintstones? Uh, not in a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joe, your question. In the movie Kingpin, Vanessa Angel's character Claudia distracts Randy Quaid's Ishmael with what? Her lips, her legs, her bum, or her boobs? Her boobs. Correct. 3-2 as we go into the final round. Woo! Uh, the name of the game is Bowling Terms or Name of a Gross Sexual Act. <laughs> Freddie, you get to go first. All right. So there's a list here. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Here we go. We're going to run through all seven with you. Hambone. Bowling term or name of a gross sexual act? Bowling term. Correct. It's four strikes in a row. Six pack. Uh, bowling term. Correct. Six strikes in a row. Flying camel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say a, a gross sex position or whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, Matt Broughton, what is the flying camel? In the flying camel, you prop yourself up on your dick inside your lady, flap your arms and shriek <laughs> like a flying camel. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. Cold lunch, Freddy. <laughs> that, I oddly, I want it to be a gross sex position because I want to know what that is. <laughs> Um, well, it is a gross sexual act, and we're about to find out what the cold lunch is. <laughs> the cold lunch involves vomiting at each other. Oh. How <laughs> delightful. Uh, moving swiftly on, turkey. Doesn't sound very cold. I get the lunch part, but whatever. Turkey. It's like a warm lunch. <laughs> Terry, that's a bowling term. It is. Three strikes in a row. What about the golden turkey? Um... <laughs> uh, Bowling term? It is. Nine strikes in a row. And finally, Kentucky Klondike Bar. <laughs> Gross uh, sexual position? Correct. Uh, I'm probably going to regret asking this question, but Matt Broughton, what is a Kentucky Klondike Bar? The Kentucky Klondike Bar involves freezing poo and using it as a toy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Joseph, you know the game. Same rules apply. Bedposts. Bowling term. Correct. It's a 7 10 split. Wild turkey. Bowling term. Six strikes in a row. Kenny Bunkport. Oh, man. Jesus. Bowling term. Incorrect. Let's find oh, out from Matt what a Kenny Bunkport is. The Kenny Bunkport from Kenny Bunkport's Surprise involves clam chowder. It is not pleasant. <laughs> we certainly don't need any more detail than that. Uh, Joe, turkey sandwich. 
bowling term. Correct. Apparently it's when someone gets a spare and then a turkey, followed by another spare. What about the Hot Pocket? Disgusting sex act. I knew you'd get that one right. Matthew? The Hot Pocket, or to give it its full name, the Alabama Hot Pocket, includes feces, once again being involved. Dutch 200. <laughs> a Dutch 200 is a bowling term. It is. It's a game where the player consistently alternates between strikes and spares, resulting in a score of exactly 200. And finally, Land Shark. Well, Land Shark has got to be a disgusting sex act. Giving you a point. Matt Broughton explains. During the Land Shark, the man runs fully erect across the room into a bent-over lady while chanting the Jaws theme. And on that bombshell, I can reveal that, Freddy, Sir Frizzy, you have won the game by a score of nine points to eight. It was very close, Ooh. but that one-point margin of victory gives you the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt and another piece of Pokestars merchandise, because you are, of course, a North American player, yet to be determined. But we'll be in touch to get your details, and we'll sort you out with some prizes, sir. Sweet. Awesome being here. Uh, Sir Frizzy, what I would recommend is that you... Uh, tune in to the next EPT Live, listen to the sorts of prizes we have, and then holler at us and let us know which one you want. Alrighty, no problem, guys. Sounds and like a good honestly, plan. And honestly, this is the most annoyed I've ever been to not win. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, I really used to love bowling a lot, and, like, a couple of the questions I got wrong, I feel real, I feel real dumb. I mean, I haven't bowled in a long time, but, man, I felt like I was back in my glory days while we were doing that. I was the captain. I had a letter. I won. I won at sectionals. I beat Parker Bone the third at a pro am. All right. And when you also consider that some of the questions were related to gross sexual acts, it should have been a whitewash, Joe. I know. Oh, yeah. I'm. I'm dumb. Good job, Freddie. I'm glad that you got some. You got some swag. Uh, thanks, you guys. Uh, keep up the good work. Love the podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks for being here. Well, one more prize to give away on this week's show. You might remember if you were watching our live stream from EPT 13 Barcelona, we promised to give away an iPad to one person drawn random from everyone who filled out the EPT Live survey that we were running in both English and Russian. Would you believe nearly 4,000 people filled out that survey, therefore entering the draw? Thanks to everyone who took part. We really appreciate your feedback. Really useful stuff. And congratulations to Marcus Fox. Marcus Fox in Germany is the winner of the iPad. We'll be shipping him his prize pretty, pretty soon. All right, guys, that's all the time we've got for this week's show. Next time I am back in England uh, it is a long-ass trip for me, too, not just to England, but I'm not going to be home from September 26th until November 7th. So uh, our next show, I will be in England. But you're not going to be uh, in the UK for all of that time, right? I mean, obviously, there's the week of Malta in between, but you've got some other trips. I'm actually, my, trip, my trips go like this. It goes England, Amsterdam, England, Fargo, England, Vegas. Sorry, England, Malta, England, Vegas. Wow. So, yeah, I got a lot of travel coming up. I'm going to be a complete uh, dodo, I think, by the end of all that. I've got $20 that he doesn't make at least one of those flights or gets on the wrong flight thinking he's meant to be in one country when actually he's meant to be in the other. No no takers? No takers? What a surprise. I'll, I'll give odds. 
That's not a bad bet. I would say also because I'm taking the Eurostar to Amsterdam, you should throw in the fact that I might miss a train. Oh, absolutely. Also. Yeah, I'll do, we'll do an accumulator. Especially because I have to change trains in Brussels. So there's like a lot of places where this could go wrong. <laughs> Uh, so next time we will recap the WCOOP main event. Yeah. I went on sort of a poker related date that I will tell you guys about if we are a little uh, a little uh, short on material next week. Other than that, we're just going to have to see what develops. Yeah. Remember, we need super fans. Let's get those applications coming, people. Tell us your specialist subject, uh, particularly European super fans. Got a few people on the east and west coast lined up, but the time that we're recording next week might not necessarily suit those people. So yeah, if you are in Europe, you'd like to be on the show, tell us your specialist subject, hashtag EPTNotLive. All right, kids, that is all the time we've got for this week's show. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Smell you later.